Welcome to the Cool Tools Show. I'm Mark Frauenfelder, Editor-in-Chief of Cool Tools, a website of tool recommendations written by our readers. You can find us at cool-tools.org. I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Kelly, founder of Cool Tools. Hey, Kevin. Hey, it's great to be here. In each episode of the Cool Tools Show, Kevin and I talk to a guest about some of his or her favorite uncommon and uncommonly good tools they think others should know about. Our guest this week is Shoshana Berger, the author of A Beginner's Guide to the End with Dr. B.J. Miller. She's also a senior director at the global design firm IDEO, where she's worked on projects ranging from the end of life to reimagining modern Judaism to school lunch. Hey, Shoshana, how are you? Hey, Mark. It's so good to talk to you again. It really is. And it's great to have you join us. We're so much looking forward to your picks for us. Oh, thanks, Kevin. It's been a long time. It's great to talk to you guys. It has. We've all been, we were all in the Wired office together in like 1994, probably. Yes. When we yes. were all a lot younger. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. <laughs> in, innocent as anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, and and we're all still having fun, and it's so cool that you are doing so many interesting things. Um, You've had a great uh, career. I, I was a, a huge fan of your magazine, Ready Made. Um, and I think that some of your picks are kind of uh, ready made ish in a way, and that you are uh, into like making your home really cozy and functional. Yes, it's true. It's true. Yes. And why don't we start <laughs> with that first, first cool thing that you have here? Tell us about. Lista modular tool cabinets, what they look like, uh, how you use them, all that good stuff. Okay, so I am a pretty serious cook, and I I like a kitchen that feels like it's half garage, like it's half <laughs> workshop, and that's what that, that's what we've built here in this kitchen. Um, we these Lista modular tool cabinets are industrial era. Swiss designed, indestructible, minimalist tool cabinets. So I, I wish I could just um, call up a snapshot here, but they are about as minimalist in the kind of Dieter Rams like undesign is the best design surface you can you can imagine. They're 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 white with um, you know steel handles. And they, you know, they look like your laboratory tool tool box or tool system, um, but we use them in the kitchen. And what's awesome about that is that they, um, you know, they have those dividers that you'll often see in tool cabinets. So mm -hmm. I can like divide all of my implements in a really type A, like internal Swiss design way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they have one of the systems that we've built has no face on it. So it's just the drawers that pull in and out and they've got these rubber pads that have great traction. So I put all of my like baking dishes and bowls, mixing bowls up there. Um, and the, the kind of motion and sound they have when you pull them in and out is very like factory like. Um, which is very satisfying to, to mm -hmm. me as I feel like I'm like half the time in the kitchen, I feel like I'm 
a chemist anyway, like, Mm -hmm. you know, performing some grand experiment and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So um, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I am like deeply, deeply attached to these tool cabinets. And I think everyone should just bring the garage into the kitchen. You gave us some lovely photos um, of, of the shelves and how you organize all your implements. So just uh, make sure listeners to go to, uh, cool-tools.org so that you can check out the photos and you can really see how beautiful this is. And, and, and these are the kinds of uh, tool cabinets that are often done in workshops. And um, like you have a Sears kind of a cabinet, they're off sometimes red, but these are kind of a whole step up in probably their quality and noise and things like that. I, I suspect they come in different in multiple colors, right? Um, they you, do. Which they is do. another an, another advantage you'd have if you were bringing them into your kitchen. You might um, choose a, a different color than the um, standard kind of um, fire engine red that most tool cabinets come in in the garage. Exactly, Kevin. They're totally customizable. Um, you know, they date back to 1945. They're Swiss made and they do have that that kind of simple post-war functionalism feel. Um, this the company started making chairs and tables out of steel tubes, and then they had a stint making mopeds, and then they finally alighted upon these storage systems. And you can just kind of feel that they they made something purely for function, but because they're Swiss, it's also mm-hmm. gorgeous, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's very appealing. Right. And um, how are they price-wise? Where do they sort of range in, say, compared to having custom wooden cabinets made or compared to other kinds of tool chests? I would say they're somewhere on the spectrum between a custom cabinet and a tool chest. They're not going to be your off-the-shelf Sears um, kind of basement price. They're, they're You're definitely going to pay more for them. But not as much as as designing custom wood shelves. Okay, well, that's so. That, so they could be a bargain because these look very custom when you're done. They do. Yeah. Do you order them directly from the at least the website? Is that the best place to get them? You can. Yes. Um, what, you know, I just checked out the Lista website. I haven't in many many years, um, and all of their cabinets right now are in this like royal blue um mm-hmm. so i was like whoa why did they choose to show up just those blue ones but they do indeed customize them and and don't be scared off by that uh you and know they're making easy- them for an industrial customer so they're yeah yeah right, right, right. is it easy to use the website to order the sizes you want and like how how much work was involved in you like getting Speaking, these to actually, them out. Yeah, yeah yeah that's that's the word you know, they're not um, necessarily used to dealing direct to consumer. So, and I actually, I really love the experience of working with companies that usually work in industries and, and finding ways to, to use them um, in a consumer application. That's, that was mm-hmm. part of our thing at ReadyMade too. We were like, there are so many amazing tools out there that we could be using that consumers just aren't hip to. And it, it, it feels, I have to just hearken back to whole earth, whole earth access here, like, you know, tool, the tools for living, like, why are we limited to Pottery Barn? 
um, you know, <laughs> yes. when we could, when we could have right. lab tools in the kitchen, right. like how cool is that? So I think it's worth the extra effort of, right. of dealing with a B to a B2B client and, right. and figuring mm-hmm. it out. At the very least, go visit a restaurant supply store. Totally. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's Just a step up. A it's not as far box. as it's not as far as industrial um, workshops, but it is better than your pottery board. Totally. Yeah, I'll never forget going into a restaurant supply shop for the first time, and I was like, "This is like the best kept secret <laughs> ever. This is where you get the sharpest <laughs> knives and the best cutting boards, and they're like a third of the price." Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And you yeah. can often find places that are like restaurant supply closeout places where restaurants that have shut down sell their stuff, and then you can buy it. And it's often in really great condition. Yes, yeah. yes, another trove. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, this is a great one. I love it. And and by the way, uh, for those who are looking for, uh, for something for the workshop, these would make great workshop. Uh, cabinets as well with a little bit more of a flair than your off-brand or Sears cabinets. They really would. And can I just add one last little hack for these or any please. drawers you have uh, in the kitchen? Please. This yeah. is kind of a more of a crafty ready-made hack, but um, I don't know where I saw this, but I'm sure I copied it from some other crafting genius. Um, in my spice drawer, I take a flat of cardboard and actually a couple flats of cardboard, very long ones. And then I fold the edge down and build a kind of, put it, it turns into a kind of wedge so that your spice, your spices are, um, Oh, they're leaning. They're like, they're, they're they're leaning up a little bit. Yes. Yes. They're they're reclining up. Yeah. They're reclining in this beautiful, (laughs) like little, like there's this gorgeous lineup of recumbent spices, but they're not (laughs) flat. They're right. they're they're leaning up towards you, inviting you to use them. Uh huh. Very and nice. And so I have That's two so of those cool. little cardboard right, inserts right. in my spice drawer. By the way, um, I, a wonderful hack from the YouTube verse uh, for making dividers is to um, use foam core and hot glue, and you can make very durable, very customized, very rapid dividers for your flat drawers. That's a good one. That's um, smart. It really does work. And um, it's by far the fastest way to make custom dividers. I mean, really custom. Yeah, so, totally. Hot glue and foam core. Yeah. It keeps the world together. <laughs> <laughs> for, for us MacGyvers. Yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. My, uh, my uh, daughter's um, friend her father is a model maker. He designed like the city in Ghostbusters and um, a lot of the spaceships in, in the Picard series and stuff. And it's all foam core. He yeah. does everything with foam core much faster than 3D printing or any other kind of fabrication. And it's just, yeah. it's amazing to watch him work at it. Yeah, I would love, I'd love to see that. Um, so Shushana, tell us about your second um, pick for us. Okay, so this is a departure, but uh, this is a password manager called Dashlane. And this dates back to when I was an editor at Wired, my second tour of duty at Wired, which was about eight years ago. Um, And Matt Honan had his computer hacked. I remember uh, that. 
Remember that? He lost yeah. everything, right. all of his personal photos, everything. And it was devastating. And after he recovered for a couple of weeks, he's like, hey, this would make a great story. Uh, so he ended up writing a cover story on how unprepared and um, insecure all of our, our, um, all of our toys are and how important dual authentication is and password managers and all that. And so Dashlane was one of the top picks on his list. And I was being um, kind of a sucker for design. I was attracted to its dear logo, actually, because <laughs> I know most, most people use one password, but I was like, That's, that sounds so generic. I want this Dashlane because it kind of felt like Dasher, Santa's reindeer was going to like <laughs> fly my passwords through the ether and deliver Magically, them safely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Um, and it, it just, it works so seamlessly across my devices. It works for my phone and my laptop. I never have to remember anything. I, you know, I've shared my master password with my family and, um, and, you know, if anything ever happens to me, it gives me great comfort that they can just unlock everything with, with one master code. Um, and having just written a book about how unprepared people are when they die and, it, it's just so, so important to share the, the keys to your digital life with people, you know, yeah. way, way in advance, way upstream of any time it's urgent to do so. Yeah. So I, I truly feel like this is a tool that everyone should have. And I happen to be very attached to Dasher, <laughs> but um, any password manager um, is great, of course. Yeah, that's I don't what know I, would you, I would yeah, say. Totally. Yeah, totally. Mean, I, I I kind of harped on it with my kids who are young young adults. It's like no no you have to have a password manager, and um, now they're all you know they're all believers. But it 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 does take some people to get over a hurdle. But once they get there, they realize that it's not just more convenient; it's actually far more um, safe, far more secure. And that's um, so you get you get two for one. You get convenience and security, and that's hard to hard to turn down. Right, right. You know, I just heard that um, Tony Shea, you know, tragically just died and died without a will. Um, and you know, just having written a book about this, the 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 amount of sleuthing that your loved ones have to go through when they don't have that information is is really is really profound. Um, I had to do that with my own father and it's, you have to become kind of a digital forensic scientist to, to even settle an estate to gain access to someone's digital footprint. It, it's so complicated. So, yeah, that's really so my, my wife, when my wife's uh, stepfather died, I ended up being the administrator of the estate and he had no trust or will um, and, and it took forever, you know, did he have, did he have and, a passwords either? Did he have a list of passwords? No, you know, it, it, he didn't really have much in the way of digital stuff, but it was still mm. really hard just tracking mm. everything down and figuring out mm -hmm. if he even had life insurance policies and just, it, it was, you know, a couple of years before mm -hmm. it was resolved and it was, a, you know, lawyers were involved and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. I was going to ask Shoshana, um, I use one password. I've been using it for years and it's okay, but it feels like the, just the interface is ugly and it's confusing. Um, 
but I, I just know I need to use it. Do you feel that um, uh, dash lane is more, more elegant or I, I don't know if you've compared them, but is the user experience good for you? I think the user experience is pretty elegant. Um, it's, uh, I would imagine, does one password allow you to automatically input information everywhere as well? Like something just pops up in the fields and you can input all of your information anytime you fill out a yeah. form. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, so, that. It so does. that's elegant. And then um, the, the actual interface on my desktop of where I manage all my passwords is, it's, it's really pretty friction-free. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's gorgeous. It's definitely not IDEO designed, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's, it's very functional. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, and like you said, any password manager of the, of the major ones is probably uh, right. secure and a must-have. Right. I use 1Password as well, and it, it was only because I've been using it for so long. There's other LastPass, I think, is another one. Mm-hmm. Yes. The top three. Dashlane. So any of these three that you use would be a huge step forward. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, how about your third um, tool that um, you want to rave about? Sure. So my third one is Open All Knives. Um, have those those ever popped up in your favorite tools no, before? No, um, I have not heard of them. Okay. So I discovered these not in the U.S., but actually at this incredible omnibus tool shop in Munich, Germany, called Manufactum, uh, which is just a tool in itself, that store. You can, you can visit Ooh. it online. It's M-A-N-U-F-A-C-T-U-M. Um, and great cool. place to go check out for people who love tools and who you're looking for a gift for. Um, anyway, so open all knives um, are, are very simple, simple kind of switchblade style knives. They're, they're, they have a wood handle. They come in tons of different colors. They have a simple leather strap. It is a razor sharp blade that retracts and then they have this clever locking mechanism where you just kind of turn a piece at the base of the blade to lock it. Um, And I originally got them as a gift coming back from traveling to Munich for my kids to just start whittling because (laughs) I, I love the old art of whittling sticks and I wanted them to have, I wanted them to learn knife skills and to, um, you know, just like get their inner boy and girl scout on. Um, so they love the knives and they learned knife skills, um, through these open all knives. Um, but you know, a Swiss army knife is, is, is nice, but they can be heavy and it can be kind of over over tooled in my opinion Mm -hmm. sometimes you just want a great super sharp knife to bring out to a picnic or camping or wherever you can use it for everything from you know slicing slicing meat or bread to cutting limbs off trees to 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 kindle your fire so i'm a huge fan and to be clear, these are what we would call like a folding knife. So they blade folds into like a wooden handle. Yes. And that's the normal storage position is it's folded up into a handle and then you unfold them um, 
Do you flick it to unfold it or do you have to pull it apart? You have to pull it. Okay. And, and again, like, as you can tell from my, my tool cabinet, um, pick there to me, the tactility of tools is really important. Like actually feeling the movement of it and feeling that you are controlling the movement of it. You know, I still drive a manual shift car and Mm. things like that are to me, make me feel like I am connected to my tool. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, totally. does. Also, these knives are not that expensive either. They're pretty reasonably priced, as I recall. They are. They are. And they, they date back to like 1890 in France. They were the, the conception of a, of a blacksmith's son who learned, you know, forging early on and created these knives for, for like local French peasants and, and winemakers. And they were so popular that he ended up scaling his manufacturing process and and you know using a hydraulic turbine to to scale his production he produced 12 different sizes um, and they just were like a huge hit from the moment they were designed cool that i like the great. idea of as a gift to a child here's a razor sharp knife <laughs> <laughs> you need to learn how to use this <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh you can tell I'm like a mother who understands the blessings of a skinned knee. Like I, I truly yeah. believe that children need to actually do harm to themselves to learn <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. A great That's, mom. A great mom. Yeah, absolutely. So uh tell us about the uh workshop stamps. Okay, last pick. Yellow Owl Workshop Stamps, and this does harken back to my my crafty ready-made past. Um, you really, I don't think you should ever have to buy a store-bought card. Um, I think it's a big waste of money. Using paper and a rubber stamp is um, so easy and, uh, you know, so um, you can make them in volume so quickly because you're just like inking them and, and stamping mm-hmm. a piece of paper. So Yellow Owl makes these gorgeous stamp kits, and they even have a Carva stamp kit, so you can customize your own stamp. Um, my personal favorite is this one that's like a conifer with pine branches and pine cones that I use for, for Christmas and, and Hanukkah cards, um, or just like the seasonal cards. But uh, they have hellos and happy birthdays and thank yous and je t'aime and kind of whatever you'd want. And they're just, they're adorable. You have to take a look at them at the, on the cold tools site. Um, and what a so cool idea. Yeah. They're really fun. I like I this know. one festive rubber stamp kit and it has like congrats, happy birthday. Um, and so you could kind of like use it for a bunch of different things and it's $20, which is probably like the price of three greetings cards. And yeah, uh, then exactly. you can just make your own. It's personalized. And I think people will appreciate it more if they know you actually made it yourself. Right. Yes. Have, have you played with making your own rubber stamps or making things that would stamp, whether they're rubber or not? Yes, I have. I've done that. Um, and the carving tool, specifically mm-hmm. for carving a linoleum block, mm-hmm. is so fun. Have you used that tool? Yes, I have, and and I do make cards that way. I've been thinking about trying to three three D print 
a stamp. I'm wondering if that would work. That's a genius idea, Kevin. I love that. Because you know, yeah. you, flip, you flip it and then you would just print it at the right, or you don't have to be the right height, you could just add it to a piece of wood. And then you should be able to stamp your, you know, your own version of whatever it is that you want. I like that. That's really smart. Um, uh, do that and also have the pleasure of carving into rubber. That's yes. That's also very pleasurable. That is. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I remember Nicholson Baker did an essay about the joy of using a ballpoint pen on the side of, of uh, tennis shoes or sneakers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that rubber, it's like nothing yeah. like it. <laughs> yep. yep. That is an adolescent pleasure. That we yeah. So um, these have been great to We want to hear about um, your recent book, um, which you've kind of mentioned in passing, but we want to hear a little bit more about it. Um, so tell us about um, that the book, which is now out in paperback, I believe. Sure. So it's called A Beginner's Guide to the End. It just came out in paperback last June. And I co-wrote it with a palliative care physician, Dr. B.J. Miller. Um, and I am sort of obliged to say, if you have not seen his TED Talk, please go watch it immediately because it's can be really transformative um, for anyone who's dealing with mortality at any level, someone who is chronically ill or, or, or has a new diagnosis or, um, or if you just have suffered a loss. Um, and, you know, this, this, the kind of provenance of this project was that uh, BJ was a client at IDEO actually. And, was the director of the Zen Hospice in San Francisco, which is a really beautiful residential hospice where people can go to just get the most compassionate human care at the end of their lives. And BJ came in, he walked into IDEO um, three months after my dad had died. And my dad died with dementia. It was a very long and, and, and harrowing experience because I felt like I just had no clue how to be a good caregiver to him. Um, you know, I, I feel like our healthcare system is so is such a kind of like fever dream experience. It's like you kind of feel like you've, you're living in the inception <laughs> when you're navigating um, uh, the healthcare system. It's, it's very strange. It can feel very isolating and very confusing. And, you know, my sister and I, we're so clueless that when my dad died, we we sat down at the computer in the room where he lay cold and, and Googled, what do you do after someone dies? Like, we, we didn't even know to call a funeral home. Um, so people really need help, I think, with this experience. And uh, I've kind of designed my whole life around trying to give people instructions for things, like instructions for everyday life was the tagline of ReadyMade. And Mm -hmm. In a way, this is like instructions for everyday death. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's really powerful. So, so, what, so the book, is it pretty utilitarian and practical uh, for people? Is this like a, you say, like how-to instructional advice, or is it a little bit more lyrical? Um, um, give us a sense of what the book is about. It is. It is utilitarian. It's, um, you know, if you think about like, 
90% of pregnant women read what to expect when you're expecting, mm-hmm. um, which is like the kind of core how to on like, how do you get through the nine months of pregnancy? And then what happens after that? And it's kind of a terrifying book. Like I, I wouldn't say it was a, a something that we looked to, but, but we did think like, why isn't there something like this for the other end of life? Like, why isn't there a, a, a how to? So yes, this is, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's basically trying to be a, that, that friend that you send a text or an email to when you're in a moment of like, what, what do I do here? How do I, how do I navigate this? How do I, how do I get through this experience? Um, we tried to write it in that kind of tone of like, here's some help. Here's, here's how you, here's how you get through this experience. It does sound like something that is very useful because as you say, when you're in that state, you're not kind of inclined to have to do all that research yourself. So you've sound like you've put everything together into one place in the broadest sense. And um, I think it's a really great resource. I'll have to check it out. Um, Unfortunately, we all have uh, people who are in our lives who are getting older. So this is inevitable at some point or other. Um, And um, I, you know, I'm really grateful that you've put that all together for us. Thank you so much. Yeah, sounds like a super useful guide. Um, Shoshana, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and share some of your favorite tools. We will have links to your book and we'll have links to all of the things that you talked about by uh, just visiting cool-tools.org. Shoshana, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. It was great to catch up again. Yeah, it was such a pleasure. And I'm a big fan of the podcast. So thanks for having me on. Oh, great. Thanks, Shoshana. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck with everything. Have a nice weekend when this is all over. I hope to see you again soon. Me too. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Okay, cool. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's your host, Mark. And I wanted to thank you for listening to The Cool Tools Show. And I also wanted to let you know that we've got a lot more going on at Cool Tools than just this podcast. We also have the Cool Tools website, which has a new tool review every day. And you can get there by going to cool-tools.org. We also have four different newsletters that you can subscribe to. And you can subscribe to those from the Cool Tools page. We have this podcast that you're listening to right now. We also have a YouTube channel where we review tools. Check that out. YouTube channel out by going to youtube.com slash cool tools. And one of the things I'd like to ask you is if you're really enjoying everything that we are producing, go to our Patreon page and support us there. You can sign up and give us as little as $1 a month. And that would mean a lot to us. The money that we get from Patreon goes towards a lot of things. We transcribe our podcast interviews so that you can read them online We pay for editing of our podcasts and for our videos. We pay our contributors. We have video production costs. We have equipment costs. We have hosting costs. And the money you give us through Patreon also goes to support Cool Tools Lab. Anything you give is a huge help. And one of the things that we do is if you are a contributor to Patreon, we'll give you a shout out on air. And so I have a few people here to thank this week. Mark Lyonage. Micah Gates, Monty Zukowski, Patrick James McNally, Robert Cohen, Scott, Spence Lloyd, Steve Avery, Steve Golden, Steve Levine, Tom Hess, 
William Phillips, Aaron Nipper, Durab Patel, Glenn Mercer, Jay Walker, Jeff Bonaire, Ryan Jarrell, Pat Daly, Patrick Kennedy, Troy Wallet, Mike Camerate, Nicole Harkin, Tim Youssef, Scott Reed. Thanks all of you for supporting Cool Tools. And if you would like to have a shout out, go over to the Patreon page and sign up. And thanks for listening to the Cool Tools podcast. We'll see you next week.